0: Hello everybody, my name is Peter So I'm a professor at Marge University and physiotherapist. Uh, welcome to Talking Tendons podcast. Today we're going to talk about a paper from our group and it is lead author Igor Sancho. It's published in Physical Therapy and Sport um, and the title is Achilles tendon forces and pain during common rehabilitation exercise in male runners with Achilles tendinopathy. So um, the rationale for this study was that basically we don't know much about Achilles force for different common activities in rehab like calf exercise, but also um, I guess progressions of those like hopping, jumping, walking, running um, and that might be helpful in our rehabilitation. So we wanted to look at this. It hasn't really been done before aside from healthy uh, people not in um, our cohort. So our cohort had Achilles tendon pain. Um, So we, we, we aim to look at uh, Achilles tendon forces and quantify forces with those different exercises but also we aim to look at the relationship with pain um, so basically what Igor did is got 24 people with um, they're all recreational runners and they'll still importantly still able to run so they weren't severe enough that they couldn't run um, and some of them were even competing in long-distance running events like half marathons and marathons um, So basically, recruited all these people, got them into the lab, um, hooked them up to the force plate and 3D motion, and got them to do all these exercises. So the exercises were double leg and single leg calf raises, um, and then looking at walking, uh, jumping, hopping, skipping, forward skipping, skipping to fatigue. So uh, just sort of your... Um, Also, running as well. So, it's a sort of a progression of different things that you might use in rehabilitation. Um, And um, uh, what Igor found, so I think what I'd suggest people do is have a look at um, uh, Figure 1. Figure 1 sort of tells the story of the paper really well. So, there's two plots one shows the individual data for um, peak Achilles force for each of the exercises, and the other one shows the data for Pain, individual data for pain for each of the exercises and what you can see from forces is that uh, there are two clusters of exercises in terms of force so things like calf raises and walking are between one to three times body weight the way that we did them anyway we didn't load them very much so obviously if you add loads to calf raises it's going to go up um, but it probably reflects what people do clinically a lot um, uh, so they're one to three times body weight Uh, but things like hopping, running, jumping, skipping um, and uh, hopping forwards they went up to between sort of five and six times body weight, so a lot more force with those ones the other thing that we saw was that there was a lot more variability in the force with those ones so if you look at the individual data in those plots people are just all over the place and it could be because they're more of a skilled type movement so it's um, likely that people have different levels of ability and. Uh, a lot more variability in how they do those movements. could also be because we didn't standardize some aspects like for example the frequency of hops. Um, so that's sort of the story with hops and that can guide our rehabilitation. The other thing that we looked at was pain and uh, this is where it got really interesting. Pain was really variable across the board. Uh, for all these exercises so automatically that sort of tells you that there's probably not a good relationship with between pain and forces and that's in fact what we found Um, there wasn't a good correlation between pain and forces so we took each of those exercises and looked at 24 people and ran the correlations and the correlations were really quite low um, or negligible so um, indicating that there's not really if you look at that group level a correlation between the amount of Uh, force they express, uh, sorry, the force they, uh, the the tendencies and how much pain output they have. Um, So that's interesting. That is an interesting finding, but not surprising because we know that pain is biopsychosocial. So you take two people, take them through the same, you know, similar history, similar age, similar, um, you know, what have you, uh, similar load on the tendon, and uh, they will have different pain experience because um, their, you know, threat level or how they perceive an exercise, other contextual factors might vary and influence their pain, how they're feeling in the, on that particular day, um, other life events, etc. So um, obviously, pain expression is variable, and this is what we saw. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, so the correlations were low. Um, the um that sort of has some implications i think for how we how we think about tendon pain we sort of think about tendon pain in a very sort of load mechanical way and that is clear with when we talk about diagnosis and we talk about proportionality of pain to load and and clearly we didn't find any support for that which is sort of how one of the bedrocks i guess of diagnosis um you expect more pain if you load the tendon more, so you go from a calf raise to say doing a um, um, a hop, and generally you do find that clinically. But um, I, I guess the important thing is, for some people, you won't find that, and it's not just because the diagnosis is wrong, or you know, there's there's other things like you know um, other things uh, that might be causing the pain. It it also is just because this is this is how pain is. Um, so that's 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 an important message, I think, uh, from the paper as well. Um, uh, so that's pretty much covers the main parts. Probably the last thing to just quickly touch on is a graph, which is figure three. Uh, figure three was an interesting graph. Um, and I think the most interesting part about it is actually the y-axis, and that is peak Achilles tendon force per unit pain per exercise. So what it pretty much shows is that um, if you're looking at the uh, the cluster one exercises um, for every unit of force you're probably getting about 1 to 1.5 um uh, sorry for every um, 1 to 1.5 units of force you're getting about one unit of paint and for the cluster two exercises it takes more like 1.5 to about 2.5 units of force to get a unit of pain. So generally you're working harder, more force to get similar amount of pain for the more ballistic exercise. So um, so as you go from low to the more higher load cluster um, it doesn't mean that the pain I guess overall on a group level proportionally increases in the same way. Um, and that probably has implications for rehabilitation where we're thinking that with these high lead exercises expression of pain is going to be much much higher Uh, maybe that isn't the case based on what we're seeing here so that's that's also a yeah interesting um, take on uh, some of this data so have a look at the graphs i think as i say look at look at graph 1, I think that just tells the story really well um, and it, it also explains that last graph um, because we know that forces are higher for cluster 2 yet pain is um, is quite variable so the forces even though they're high um, for cluster 2 and not cluster 1 uh, pain can be high or low pretty much for any exercise and that's really a really nice visual of that in figure 1 so have a look at that um, excellent so i think that explains everything that i want to go through i hope that's really really helpful i'm going to um link uh, egos study with this um, podcast so thank you very much for listening and i'll see you next time